Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 10th of August. With close to 62,000 new cases of COVID-19 reported in the last 24 hours, the total caseload in India has now risen to over 22 lakh 15,000. The death toll has risen for the first time by over 1000 to reach more than 44300 now. However, the Union Ministry has said that India's case fatality rate has dropped to a new low of 2%. As many as 743 workers of the Tirumala Tirupati Devasthanam have tested positive for COVID-19 since the temple in Andhra Pradesh was reopened on June 11th. So far, 3 employees of the temple have succumbed to the disease. The decision of the Temple Trust to keep the Tirumala shrine open during the outbreak of coronavirus after several workers tested positive had created a huge controversy last month. The former head priest of the temple had also died of the disease on July 17th. The latest addition to the growing list of politicians testing positive for COVID-19 is Karnataka Health Minister B Shriramulu. The minister has admitted himself to a state-run hospital for treatment. The former president of India Pranab Mukherjee has also tested positive for COVID-19 and has reportedly urged everyone who was in contact with him to get tested. He made the news public via Twitter saying and I quote on a visit to the hospital for a separate procedure I have tested positive for COVID-19 today. Unquote. According to a report by the Hindu in Bihar the death percentage of doctors due to COVID-19 has been 4.42% almost 9 times more than the national average of 0.5%. Meanwhile the Supreme Court today adjourned the hearing of a plea seeking timely payment of wages to doctors and healthcare workers engaged in COVID-19 duty. The court was hearing a plea filed by Arushi Jain seeking suitable accommodation quarantine and other facilities for workers. The center has asked the West Bengal government again to allow the entry of more than 2000 people stranded in Bangladesh since the lockdown began. The letter from the additional secretary of the Ministry of External Affairs read and I quote, "Our mission in Dhaka has once again reported that 2399 people are seeking to return to West Bengal from Bangladesh through the Petrapol Benapol integrated checkpost and further 281 citizens are seeking to do so through the Fulbari Banglabandar land border." Unquote. In Uttar Pradesh's Bareilly district, at least 56 inmates of two prisons have tested positive for COVID-19. The district surveillance officer Ashok Kumar said that reports of 51 inmates of central jail and 5 inmates of district jail have found to be positive for COVID-19. Inmates of these prisons were tested after another prisoner from the central jail died due to COVID-19. Defence Minister Rajnath Singh's announcement yesterday morning to stop the import of 101 items as a part of BJP government's Atmanirbhar Bharat initiative received an opposing response from Congress leader P Chidambaram today. Chidambaram said and I quote the defence minister promised a bang on Sunday morning and ended with a whimper. Unquote. Calling it high sounding jargon Chidambaram in his tweets claimed that the only importer of defense equipment is the defense ministry itself and any embargo is really an embargo on oneself He said and I quote again what it means is we will try to make the same equipment that we import today in 2 to 4 years and stop imports thereafter unquote 
The Defence Minister Rajnath Singh had claimed yesterday that the decision will prove to be a great opportunity for the sector to manufacture the items in the negative list by using their own design and development capabilities or adopting the technologies designed and developed by the DRDO to meet the requirements of the armed forces. The Supreme Court today declined to accept lawyer activist Prashant Bhushan's explanation and regret in a case of contempt over his 2009 interview with Tehelka. The court said that it needed to check whether Prashant Bhushan's comments on corruption amounted to contempt of court. The court will hear the case again next Monday. Senior lawyers and former law minister Shanti Bhushan, Prashant Bhushan's father, requested the court to list the case for when physical hearings resumed after the COVID-19 lockdown. But the Supreme Court did not agree. Last week, the court had reserved its order. The contempt case involves statement that Prashant Bhushan made during an interview to Tehelka magazine in 2009, in which he said that half of the 16 chief justices of India were corrupt. In the latest news from the ongoing chaos over the death of actor Sushant Singh Rajput, Rhea Chakrabarti, the actor's girlfriend, has filed an affidavit with the Supreme Court, drawing attention to the media trial ongoing against her. Chakrabarti, who has been accused by Rajput's family of involvement in his death, claimed that the media had already convicted her. She also said that she fears becoming a scapegoat of political agendas and asked the court to protect her against extreme trauma and infringement of privacy. In her affidavit, she said, and I quote, The issue is blown out of proportion in the media. Media channels are examining and cross-examining all the witnesses in the case. The petitioner has already been convicted by the media even before foul play in the death of Sushant Singh Rajput is established. Unquote. The affidavit also gave the example of two other high-profile cases, the 2G scam and the Arushi Talwar murder case, where the media had convicted the accused and each and every accused was later found to be innocent by the courts. She also opposed the CBI's probe in the case, pointing out that since the alleged crime happened in Maharashtra, the central agency, which has been invited by the Bihar Chief Minister Nitish Kumar, had no jurisdiction. Chakrabarti, however, had earlier appealed to the Union Home Minister Amit Shah for a CBI inquiry into the case. Later, she described the agency's involvement as totally illegal and beyond any known legal principles. The death of actor Sushant Singh Rajput has unfortunately become a cradle for controversy, largely incited by television news channels. If there is anything that competes with the tragedy of the actor's death, it is the media's coverage that has followed since. When the news first broke, we saw reporters rush to the actor's home in Bihar, barge their way in and record the family in their most private moments of grief. We saw a relative request them to leave hands folded to no avail. Not very long ago, we were told of the brilliant mind that Rajput was, his love for science and stars. How he read books on astrophysics, read philosophers and quoted thinkers. And now, suddenly, we are to believe that he was an impressionable mind who was led into believing in ghosts and pushed to depression because of the said controlling girlfriend. Manisha Pandey, in her opinion piece titled Sushant Singh Rajput, Something is Rotten in the State of TV News, clearly examines how most of the TV news channels presented the news by sabotaging journalism ethics in every possible way. You can read the piece on our website, newslaundry.com. And now for some international updates. The number of COVID-19 cases globally is nearing 20 million with almost 730,000 known deaths. The number of daily cases currently averages at more than 250,000. 
The United States, which on Sunday surpassed 5 million infections, accounted for a quarter of the global case total and one in five deaths worldwide. It is the worst affected country in both the number of cases and fatalities. One in every 65 Americans has tested positive for COVID-19, while one in 2,000 has died from COVID-19 since the beginning of the pandemic. Brazil, with over 3 million infections, is the next worst affected. Both the Brazilian President Bolsonaro and the US President Trump have in the last five months seriously downplayed the danger of the virus. While Bolsonaro called it a little flu, Trump has been promising that the disease will disappear under his leadership. Both leaders have ignored the advice of health experts, with Bolsonaro losing two health ministers and Trump repeatedly criticizing Dr. Anthony Fauci. In China, on the other hand, the country where the virus first emerged in late December 2019, new locally transmitted cases fell to just 14 in the last 24 hours. Australia has recorded its deadliest day of the pandemic with 19 deaths. The island nation is currently dealing with an outbreak in its second-largest city of Melbourne, where the authorities have struggled to contain the spread of the virus, which began in quarantine facilities. The metropolitan of Melbourne is currently one week into a strict lockdown that is expected to last until 13th of September, with the rest of the state of Victoria under stage 3 of restrictions. Meanwhile, authorities in Iran have shut down a newspaper after it published remarks by an expert who said that the official figures of the country's COVID-19 outbreak only account for 5% of the real toll. Iran, the country with one of the worst outbreaks in the Middle East, ranks 173 out of 180 countries on the World Press Freedom Index. In case you're thinking India is doing any better, let me remind you that India slipped two points on the index this year to score 142. Not very far from Iran. So, dear listeners, as citizens, it is time for you to step in to execute your duties and rights. Support independent media organizations, support people who tell you the truth, because telling the truth, as you can see, is an expensive affair. And that is exactly why News Laundry was born. We are an independent media organization that is 100% free of advertisements. We realize that as long as there are advertisers and sponsors in the middle, media cannot be truly free. Subscribe to us and subscribe to other independent media outlets. The best way to show that you care is by helping small organizations like ours survive in this world dominated by legacy media. In another extreme case of violation of press freedom, one of Hong Kong's most vocal pro-democracy figures, Jimmy Lai, has been arrested. The offices of the newspaper he owns were searched by the police in a stark escalation by authorities enforcing the new national security laws brought in by China. The raid on Apple Daily, Hong Kong's largest pro-democracy daily paper, and the arrest of Jimmy Lai and other senior executives were condemned by activists and journalists who said it marks the day press freedom officially died. Apple Daily's publisher, Next Digital Media, said it was furious about the raid and the arrest and that press freedom was hanging by a thread, but its staff remained committed to defending it. Lai, a 71-year-old media tycoon and an outspoken funder of Hong Kong's pro-democracy movement, was arrested this morning alongside six others, including his son, on suspicion of collusion with foreign forces and conspiracy to commit fraud. The police, meanwhile, have said that the operation is still ongoing and that it does not rule out further arrests. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. 
Do watch Manisha's latest interview with N. Venugopal Rao, a writer and the nephew of Varavara Rao, the 80-year-old poet who has been arrested in the Bhima Koregaon case. Varavara Rao was arrested two years ago along with 12 other activists. He has been repeatedly denied bail and has been in poor health for the last one month and has even tested positive for COVID-19. You'll find the interview on newslaundry.com. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.